Tradition dictates paper for the first anniversary. Brian gathers all their receipts to show his husband, Jeff, how well he has prepared for taxes. Jeff gathers all the tiny paper wrappers from under the cushions of their couch to illustrate that they have been sitting on tiny paper wrappers for a very long time. They are in love, sandwiched on the freshly excavated couch, Brian lying with legs across the lap of Jeff, falling, falling asleep on this couch, the couch they found on the sidewalk that one summer when it hailed. Lightning recap, which it's a flash story, so it's like a lightning flash recap, I guess. Uh, in Like a Bull in a China Shop by Hilary Leichter, a couple gives each other traditional, non-traditional anniversary presents. You've got a little time! We've got a little podcast! This is Short Story Short Podcast, coming to you live from the Costco parking lot in beautiful San Jose, California, and I assume an orbiting death ray station. Is that, is that where I'm coming from? Because yes, <laughs> always. Excellent. And you know, I imagine being a defender of the peace in an orbital death ray station would bring with it the need to do some reading. What, what have you read lately? I read like a bowl in a china shop by Hilary Leichter. I have been accused of mispronouncing that word, and I maintain that you are mispronouncing that word. Correct. And <laughs> what? this is a story that I am so excited to read, because the first time I read it was last week when uh, I realized I needed to read a story. And this story is a magnificent example of the memorialization of the mundane. And yeah, it is the translation of what is the average everyday life of a long-term married couple being turned into a series of anniversary gifts. And that concept is beautiful. But what's even more impressive is exactly how much of this is point for point applicable to every relationship I have ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're very much right about those, those mundane moments that, that could make up a relationship and really, really most of life in general, because I mean, every moment can't be super exciting, you know, falling in love, butterflies in the stomach. If it were that way, then we would probably all die of like heart attacks at age 19. Um, so it, it definitely, it, it pulls together all these things, all the detritus, all the, all the things that we find in our relationships and in our homes and in our lives and all the things that we give each other, that we take away from each other, like, you know, giving each other, we give each other friendship, we give each other environmental responsibility, the things that we give the world like that. Um, uh, apparently mammals are one of the, these, these things that we can give each other. And I would just like to state here and now for the record. I want an anniversary sloth. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I think one of the other things that is beautiful is the way in that it's also not necessarily all the positive things that are being given as gifts. Uh, for whether it's the seventh anniversary, uh, you're given a stranger. Uh, and then the later the, the callback is to ever since the seventh anniversary, 
I've been seeing the stranger. <laughs> and also there is a lie there. The lie that everybody in your, every cell in your body rejuvenates after seven years is actually a lie. There are cells in your body that never die. Uh, yeah, stay with you from birth to death. Yes, I believe the eyes are some of those, in fact. Uh, but there's so many little things like that. Uh, the gift of a secret, uh, mm. where, you know, very, very relatable for me, uh, where his memory is starting to go. And, you know, there's all these little, like, things that the gifts aren't necessarily positive but they are signposts for a time in a relationship mm -hmm. and the entire extended metaphor just goes so beautifully all the way through to the end where I am a hundred percent certain that because uh, the line is for the 40th ashes mm -hmm. uh I am 99% sure it's one of them's died and it's the ashes uh, after they've been cremated. Yeah, that's my feeling too. I and you'd be actually, right. <laughs> I wanted to actually, <clears throat> I wanted to be able to speak without my voice doing whatever the hell it's doing right now. <clears throat> oh, okay. I wanted to actually go back to the seven year thing because I had a little revelation there um, that, that just hit me while you were talking about it. Seven years, bringing a, you know, the, the gift is a stranger. Seven year itch. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. That, that it, I think it was that year was chosen with very much a lot of intentionality. So, so I appreciated that. And also, there's, I think anybody who's been in a long term relationship can really relate to some of these. Like, if I were to take this and apply it to my own, uh, my own relationship, uh, first anniversary gift would be a fight. No. <laughs> or an argument because we decided to start on a home project and that was when I learned that my husband will go back and forth between two different big box hardware stores six times pricing out lumber <laughs> uh, our first anniversary gift for children um. <laughs> nice nice there you go <laughs> yes born the day after our, our uh, first year anniversary yeah but uh, and it's you know it's it's so smart because it plays with things to identify. The seven-year itch is sort of the one that is really clear. Uh, how, as time goes on, things sort of speed up and you're only getting sort of bits and pieces of years. I mean, the last two are 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. And it's as if, you know, time is accelerating or at least you're not noticing as much time is there. I think the pacing of this piece, how there's all these moments at the very beginning and it goes out, so smart. I think that the way that, the individual signposts of what designate a time is, is perfect. But honestly, it is, the writing is so simple as far as phraseology that we can allow the metaphors to play so well. And I think that is key. Every author needs to read stories like this to see how you properly allow a metaphor that is extended. And I don't want to necessarily say surrealistic, but that are not, that are rooted within the real world, but are not of the real world to sort of play out. 
I agree with that assessment. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's one of the aspects of flash fiction that, that Hillary liked to really uh, mastered here was the fact that it needs to be as simple as possible to get to, to so as to let that, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's a theme or an extended metaphor, to let something other than cleverness with words shine. And that's not to say she's not clever, but there's just, you you really have to pare it all down to the basics because you have such a short space. Exactly. And I think the, the fact this is one of the New Yorker flash, flash fiction pieces, uh, this is very much, to me, a 2000s New Yorker type piece. It is an examination of the life, the lives that are being lived in the early, after the turn of the century, and how we can view them through different lenses. And I think the New Yorker has been very big on that. And, you know, the fact that this is a same-sex couple doesn't at any point in it really raise any sort of impact on the story. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that is interesting to see because that would, you know, nine times out of 10 uh, pre 2000, that would actually be one of the main thrust of the story, but that's not here. Yeah. Here it is in the universality of the relationship. And yeah, how, it's just another relationship. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that a lot. And I just like mm-hmm. this story a lot. I think it has a very, very powerful impact. And for some reason, they've been spying on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to point out, we don't talk too much about the, the occasional illustrations that accompany some of our stories. And I wanted to point out the illustration that came with this. Uh, it is by, it says, uh, by Alex Merto. And it is, I'll just describe it. It's a stark gray background. And then on top of that, we have an hourglass uh, the, the sand pouring into the hour, the bottom half of the hourglass. And within that bottom half, we can see some things sticking up out of the sand. You know, one of them is definitely a heart. One of them looks like maybe a piece of candy, just very, you know, like very simple drawings, a bowl, perhaps maybe some coins. But it's very much, I, I think this is the perfect illustration for this particular story, that idea of the sand filling in and eventually covering up all these things that are the mementos, be they something important like a friendship or something, you know, adorable like a sloth or something gross like a jar of dust. (laughs) And it's just pouring in and eventually as the the sand will, you can see it from this image, the sand will eventually cover all of these things and they will be um, hidden underneath it. Now I'm depressed. (laughs) I mean, you picked such a cheery story. I don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also my, probably my favorite exchange, because there's not a lot of exchanges in the story. It's more just, you know, presentation of this is the idea, but the exchange of divorce <laughs> and then not wanting to go through all the hassle of going through all of this to get to this point again. It's like, okay, I, I, I have been there in the past, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to start with a whole new list of things. I don't have that's I love that that response. And then immediately after that, they skip 13 so as not to tempt the fates. Yeah. As a superstitious American, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was put on the 13th floor of a hotel once. Oh <gasps> no, but that's supposed to be either empty or actually just 14. 
Uh, no, they actually had a 13th floor and uh, I was freaked out the entire time and I left a negative Yelp review. So suck on that, Beth Western, wherever you were. <laughs> Indeed, suck on that, Beth Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got any more on this one there, Christy? Uh, just that I really appreciated this one. It's, it's definitely one that lets you sit you sit with it for a few minutes after you finish, you kind of let it sort of settle in your mind and everything. And, uh, it definitely, it provoked some, some emotions in me, some sadness, you know, some like ennui, I guess. <laughs> and, oh, uh, ennui, ennui. <laughs> it sounds so exciting. Doesn't it? it sounds like we're on a roller so coaster. Fun yet? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I appreciated I appreciated that aspect of the writing and of the extended metaphor that is that story. And that's pretty much all I got. And that is all you need. <laughs> Except mm-hmm. for, you know what else I think we need? Um, a story to read next week. Get out of my head. Damn, I'm good. What should we read, though? I believe we should read. Uh, this is a recent publication on one of our favorites, Electric Literature, The Sin Eater by Jane Fleck. And that will be for the next week because this has been Short Story. Short Podcast.